It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome. I hope you're all having a nice Saturday afternoon, and I am looking forward to what is going to be a very fun night at the Tank to get everybody up on the latest from the Sharks and what is going on this afternoon. In case you did not see it, the Sharks, at just about 1 o'clock this afternoon, put out an official statement that said, Continuing a long-standing commitment of allyship with the LGBTQIA community, Shark Sports and Entertainment is extremely proud to host our 2023 Sharks Pride Night. This week's events, culminating with tonight's game against the New York Islanders, reinforce our organization's values and dedication to an inclusive, welcoming, and safe environment for all guests in each of our venues. As we promote these standards, we will also acknowledge and accept the rights of individuals to express themselves, including how or whether they choose to express their beliefs, regardless of the cause or topic. As an organization, we will not waver in our support of the LGBTQIA community and continue to encourage others to engage in active allyship. That is the end of the statement. This does how lead me to the following statement, which was issued by Sharks goaltender James Reimer who said, under the umbrella of the NHL's Hockey is for Everyone initiative, the San Jose Sharks have chosen to wear jerseys in support of the LGBTQIA community tonight. For all 13 years of my NHL career, I have been a Christian, not just in title, but in how I choose to live my life daily. I have a personal faith in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for my sins and in response asked me to love everyone and follow him. I have no hate in my heart for anyone, and I have always strived to treat everyone that I encounter with respect and kindness. In this specific instance, I am choosing not to endorse something that is counter to my personal convictions, which are based on the Bible, the highest authority in my life. I strongly believe that every person has value and worth, and the LGBTQIA community, like all others, should be welcomed in all aspects of the game of hockey. I am not going to opine on this. I am just keeping you up on the latest and what is going to be going on and most certainly a talking point heading into tonight's game. Obviously, the Sharks are still searching for that elusive seventh home win of the year. I know that it kills them to not be able to perform in front of their home fans. They don't want to hear about Connor Bedard. They don't want to hear about the lottery. They don't want to hear anything except for the roar of the crowd as they post a home win. And again, I know that there are those of you who want to see nothing but losses until the end of the year. However, I'm not going to get on board with that, but I do understand where you're coming from. But to get you up to speed on everything Islanders, we are now joined by Andrew Gross, who covers the Islanders for Newsday. Andrew, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Hey, Ted, how are you? It's, uh, it's good to talk to you again. Likewise, man. I, uh, I'm i always excited when I get an excuse to uh, hit you up. And, uh, you know, I always feel like we get a pretty entertaining game between these two sides. Um, why don't I start out just asking you about, you know, how we got to this point of the season where the Islanders are fighting 
for a wild card spot. Still very much up in the air, but you know they're tied in points right now with Pittsburgh. Even if Pittsburgh does have a couple of games in hand, uh, as do um, Florida, I believe does as well, off the top of my head. But you know, just talk about how how we got to this point. Yeah, no, the Islanders, uh, they, they were looking much better in November and December, and then they uh, hit that. January was a real rough stretch for them. And, uh, you know, Lou Lamarillo kind of acted early, uh, and he acquires Bo Horvat from the, uh, from the Canucks on, uh, I believe that was January 30th, well in advance, a, a month before the trade deadline, mm-hmm. a little bit more. And uh, it, it really... It really got the Islanders going in the right direction. Uh, Lane Lambert was able to pair uh, Bo Horvat. He put him in the middle on the top line. He moved Matthew Barzell over to right wing. And the two of them were really starting to show some real chemistry. It was fun to watch those two together. But then, of course, uh, Matthew Barzell goes down with a, a knee injury and uh, or a suspected knee injury. And now we're, uh, we're all just sitting around waiting to see whether uh, – Barzy's going to be able to make it back before the end of the season, or or if the Islanders make the playoffs, whether he'll be able to uh, skate in the playoffs for him. So, uh, you know, uh, the, the Islanders are just kind of grinding it out behind, you know, good goaltending from uh, Ilya Sorokin, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, they they they've lost a few games that that really hurt them. Uh, you know, they they got swept this season by the Arizona Coyotes and. Uh, lost the game to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, so they, they could have made things easier for themselves, but you know, they, they've kind of, they've kind of gotten to the point where it looks like statistically they have a better than a 50% chance of making the playoffs at this point. Other than obviously the Bo Horvat one, which we'll get into in a second, like what's the big difference from last year? Because I know last year it took them a while and eventually they got, you know, you know, third in the wild card race, but they were way off the, you know, where Boston and Washington were at that point. But everyone, you know, kind of looked at the slow start and was kind of trying to figure out what was happening with the team because the the hopes for last year were higher uh, for a multitude of reasons than what they ended up being. Yeah, no, absolutely. After back to back trips to the NHL Final Four, losing to uh, the Lightning in the semifinals both years, and the Lightning go on to win the Cup final last season. Uh, there were very high expectations for the Islanders, but yeah, there was they they didn't skate too fast last season. Uh, they had lost Nick Letty in a trade because of salary cap reasons. They had lost De- Devon Taves uh, again in a trade and again because of salary cap uh, issues. So the Islanders had real issues breaking the puck out of their defensive zone last season. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll be honest, like last season was the strangest NHL season I, I, I've ever had to cover. Uh, just, you know, everyone go, went through it with COVID and there were just myriad, you know, COVID absences yeah. throughout the season for the Islanders, but it, it hit the Islanders really hard at the worst time. And I think the, the Sharks, if I, if I recall, you know, were into the multiple absences before the NHL stepped in and started postponing games. As That's well. correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I felt like the two teams were sort of guinea pigs for the league uh, in terms of how many, you know, the Islanders got up to around eight players out at one point, I believe. Um, you know, so what what was the threshold? And it all happened right around the time when they were opening up this new arena that they had literally waited decades to open. 
you know, because the antiquated Nassau Coliseum. And when they finally got into UBS Arena, you know, Captain Anders Lee isn't able to play. Uh, Josh Bailey, the longest tenured Islander, isn't able to play. Uh, Matthew Barzell, we talked about, was on the COVID list. Mm-hmm. And, and then they went through a stretch with all the postponements where they only played, I think it was four games in 25 days. And any rhythm, it, it was almost like they had to go back to training camp to figure it out. And then because of all the postponements, February, March, and April, they were literally playing every other day. Yeah. There, there was no there was no rest. And, you know, they were gassed. Uh, they were absolutely gassed by the beginning of March. They, 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 they just didn't have a, a chance of making a playoff run. And, you know, you saw it with, in Barry Trotz's face by the end of the season. Uh, that, that, that was the most exhausted I've ever seen a coach look at the end of the season. And, uh, you know, it, it wasn't really surprising to me when, when Barry didn't come back, you know, and, and they went to Lane Lambert just because mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I just felt like that season took a toll on everyone. And, and, and you know, they, uh, they didn't necessarily, Lou Lamarillo to, you know, whether you want to say it's to his credit or not, but he has a, a very strong belief in this core group of players and he allowed them to come back essentially as a group again this season and try it one more time. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see whether they make the playoffs or not, but, uh, you know, adding Bo Horvat and adding Pierre Engvall has certainly helped. In terms of the, the Bo Horvat trade and the difference that that has made, um, yeah, I, I remember thinking back when that was going down and that was the, that was the big one that kind of set the market. And I always wonder about the danger of setting the market of being that first one to make that splash. But also at the same time, it did make me wonder why other teams weren't trying to do similar for a Timo Meyer here in San Jose, because that was obviously where, obviously where the talk was trending. And I was kind of thinking like, well, if you're the only one on the market and you know that somebody's potentially, you know, looking to get rid of a player, like you kind of have your trading partner. I won't say right where you want them, but it almost seems like there is a um, an external motivating factor. It's like, hey, well, no one else is in on this. Like we can, and I know that that pendulum swings both ways. And obviously, if everybody wants something, you can, you know, kind of use that carrot, you know, to kind of get you along as well. But it it would just, I found it very fascinating. I guess is my ultimate takeaway. Yeah, no, I, I thought Lou was pretty uh, proactive in in. You know, the team, had, like I said, had gone through a really bad January, and they were on the verge of falling out of having a real playoff chance. And Lou, Lou knew that if he waited until March 3rd, his team was probably going to be out of mm-hmm. it, right? So and he gave up He gave up another first-round pick, and, and the Islanders have not picked in the first round since 2019. They don't have a first-round pick again this year. So you start to worry about the long-term implications for the organization. Uh, It's an organization that is thin on top-level prospects, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, how bare is Lou Lamarillo leaving the cupboard? Um, But Lou, Lou, Lou doesn't believe in rebuilding. You know, every season is a chance to win. And uh, like I said, he, he believed in this core group and, and getting Bo Horvat. Like, he did give up that first rounder. He gave up Anthony Beauvillier, um, who, you know, 
uh, who had sort of kind of maxed out in terms of what kind of player he was going to be in the NHL. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, You know, he plays with speed and he plays a good 200 foot game, but he wasn't really a difference maker anymore uh, for the Islanders so much. And then uh, uh, they, they, they traded away Aturantu who was their top forward prospect. Um, so it, it cost them something, but I thought it was a reasonable cost for a guy that you could immediately plug in as your top line center because uh, top line centers are kind of hard to get. Right. And, uh, and Bo Horvat immediately signs, uh, you know, agrees to an eight year, $68 million extension. So, you know, he's, he's in the prime of his career. You have him for his prime seasons. Uh, I, I sort of felt like Lou got away with some fair compensation for what he brought back. Where are you on this team's prospects to continue with the push though? I mean, we know that there's a lot that can happen between now and the end of the regular season. Yeah, no, I, you know, I think the fact that they've actually played more games than anyone can actually help them out down the stretch because they're, they're actually getting some practices in here. They've Hmm. had two practices this week on this California trip. Um, and and they, they've barely been able to practice, you know, the past, you know, three, four weeks because they've had so many games to play. So they're actually going to be amongst the most well-rested team. They got 12 games remaining, including tonight against the Sharks. And uh, they got two more games remaining against the Capitals. The Caps look like they've sort of fallen out of it. A little bit. They got one more game against the Sabres, which is going to be huge. They're done with the Penguins, but they did sweep a four-game season series from the Penguins. So I, I, you know, like I said, I, 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 right now, I, I I would think they're going to be able to 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 squeeze into the playoffs. Now, once you get into the playoffs. And they're not going to be able to get out of a wild card spot. So you're talking about either playing the Carolina Hurricanes or the Boston Bruins or the New Jersey Devils in the first round. Mm-hmm. And and any one of those, you know, all three of those teams are, you know, deeper than the Islanders. And they're also faster than the Islanders, particularly uh, the uh, Hurricanes and the Devils. So the Islanders can get in. They're going to have a huge, huge hurdle uh, to get through the first round, though. I'm curious, what are your perceptions of what Mike Greer and the Sharks have been up to, um, you know, especially at the deadline and, you know, the the trade of Timo Meyer and, and everything else that's been going on out here in San Jose? Yeah, you know, uh, well, my, my, my connection, and it's a tenuous one, is, you know, David Quinn being the Ranger coach for mm-hmm. those seasons. And, getting to know DQ a little bit, you know, during the play, uh, during, you know, the time he was with the Rangers. I, I think he got the right coach out here. I, I'll say that. I, I really like David and the way he approaches things. And, uh, you know, I, I know it hurts to, to trade away Timo Meyer. I didn't, you know, I, it, it, it was a decent return for Timo Meyer. Um, you got to hope that Mike Greer has some other things up his sleeve to uh, hasten the rebuilding. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it's interesting to me that, you know, Eric Carlson, if you trade away Timo Meyer, you, you know, you keep Eric Carlson. Uh, that was a curious one to me. I think the, the issue there is just that the salary retainment, I mean, the amount, Yeah. I mean, I think that 
there's you also wonder, and actually that segues perfectly my next question that, you know, if if Carlson has another season like this and it's still in San Jose, then how much less of a retainment do they have to go through? But then just seeing what Eric Carlson is doing this year, because you obviously covering these East Coast teams, you got to see a lot of him over the years. Did you ever sure. think he was going to get back to where he is right now? I mean, I, I hoped that he would ha- be good again, but I didn't know if he was going to be a Norris candidate again. And now he's, you know, in the 100 point pace and he's been like this all year. It's, I, I didn't see it coming. I was hopeful because I think Eric Carlson is good for the game. Uh, a high performing Eric Carlson is about as fun to watch as anybody, you know, not named Connor McDavid and watching what he's been doing this year. I, it's been, it's been incredible. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I always enjoyed it. You know, obviously I got to see him a lot more when he was with the senators and more in his prime. Um, but no, I, I didn't think, you know, with, with some of the injuries he had been through and not a lot of players play back to this, uh, to this level, mm-hmm. you know, with 32 years old, he's what, he's going to turn 33 coming up in a couple of months. Right. So I'll be 33 next season. Um, and I think it's just a testament to how hard he's worked in his rehab and, and, you know, just how he's kept himself in shape at this point, because to be able to keep that skating ability, you know, as he gets past 30, that, that is not easy at all. So that's, that's why I really didn't see this coming. And then what is your, um, thought on tonight's game? What do you expect to see? Because the Sharks, Obviously, they, they have trouble at home, only six home wins all year long. However, there are a number of overtime and shootout losses that go with that. That you know, it's, it's interesting to look at the Sharks at their record because it's not fully indicative of how relatively competitive they've been while acknowledging that you know, it's, it's not enough to be competitive. You're either winning or you're not. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If, if the Sharks can get the uh, Islanders to a shootout, I, I don't, the Islanders haven't won a shootout yet this season. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you want to start the first period, you know, trying to get to a shootout, but <laughs> I like the Sharks' odds in a shootout. Um, look, the, the Islanders played a, a pretty impressive game Wednesday in Anaheim, 6-3 over the Ducks. They seem to have found something with this uh, this line with Brock Nelson and Pierre Engvall and Kyle Palmieri that combined for four goals, four assists against the Ducks. And, they didn't hate their game against the Kings. It was a 5-2 loss. Uh, sort of got away from them in the third period. But when the Islanders are going well, they're going to play that tight defensive structure and really strangle you. And Ilya Sorokin's going to be in net again. Uh, you know, he's he's started all three games now on this California trip. And, and when he's on, he is, you know, one of the top three, four goalies in this league. So, you know, I, I'm... I, I, I think the Sharks are going to have a hard time scoring goals tonight, or at least that would uh, that would be where the indication were. But like you know, if the Sharks can get this to OT tie two two three three, I like their chances there. Nice. Well, Andrew, I will let you go because I know you got a busy day ahead of you before the actual game itself. But thank you as always, and I'll see you tonight. Hey, Ted. Always uh, always enjoy talking to you. Thanks for having me. Again, that is Andrew Gross of Newsday joining us here on the Sharks Audio Network. And this is a big game for the Islanders. The Sharks have their work cut out for them. The Islanders right now 35-27-8 on the year, 78 points. Um, They are in second in the wildcard race. Pittsburgh is currently leading, but 
Not that I need to preface this per se, but it is a bigger game for the Islanders than it is for the Sharks by a long shot. The Islanders have a lot more to play for. They have a lot more intensity. They have a lot more riding on the game. So the Sharks better be ready from the go because this Islander team, while they are not a juggernaut like Boston, they're good and they should be respected and the Sharks need to be ready right from the get-go. All right, we are just about out of time. Be sure to join us at 7 o'clock tonight for live pregame coverage. And then the puck drops at 7.30 right here on the Sharks Audio Network. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning on Morning Tide. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.